0: We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey everyone, just want to hop on real quick before we get into today's episode and let you all know that the final Master Your Fasting Challenge of 2023 is coming up on December 13th through the 19th that is right perfectly placed in between thanksgiving and christmas and we want to give you additional support and encouragement this time of year because no one likes to go off the rails for a couple of months and then come back in january going ah man i did it again and where there is no guilting or shaming or wherever you are on your journey we want to meet you where you're at and make this the best holiday season when it comes to your health and weight loss goals. So if you want to end 2023 with massive momentum and you wanna start 2024 ahead of the game, then join us on December 13th through the 19th for our final holiday version of our Master Your Fasting Challenge. Head to the show notes, click the link, and we'll see you on the inside. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Water and I'm here as always. I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. We are smack dab right in the middle of the holiday season. So yes, happy Thanksgiving. Just over a week past. It's just crazy how fast it goes. Only a couple of Mondays left in the year. Christmas holiday here is right around the corner. We got the new year and bam, it's 2024. So I <laughs> wanna slow down a little bit. We wanna get back to the basics. We wanna highlight some of the foundational principles as we transition from 2023 into 2024. Been an incredible year in the Fasting for Life crew and the Fasting for Life family. So we're going we're gonna to talk about blood sugar and five factors today, Tommy, that are going to significantly impact your blood sugar. We're going to remove some of the fear and some of the myths around blood sugar spikes and talk about some physiology and normalcy around it. Hopefully bring some levity to this holiday season as well and also encourage you to take some action. So if you're new to the podcast, each and every episode, we wanna give you something actionable that you can do, take away and put into your day-to-day life now to adopt a fasting lifestyle. So thank you for joining us. If you are new, if you wanna hear more about our story and how fasting has transformed our lives, you can head back and listen to Tommy and I as two young bucks starting a podcast a couple hundred episodes ago. speaking into possibly AirPods at that time, I don't even know, telling and sharing our story of how fasting transformed and helped us level up our health, get the weight off for good. And it's been a fun journey since then, sir. If you're an OG, thank you for listening in. Appreciate all of the downloads and the reviews and the emails and the comments. Just super excited to have you with us on this journey. Our mission is to reach as many people as we can and pull them out of the obesity, diabetes, blood sugar epidemic that we are currently experiencing in this country and across the globe. So Tommy, with that being said, sir, we are smack dab in the middle of the holidays. And let's talk about some foundational concepts and some foundational basics about weight loss and health. And we're going to go right to the source. We're going to go to blood sugar, and then we're going to go to the upstream metric, which is insulin, which is what we focus predominantly on. And we're going to talk about the five main factors that significantly impact your blood sugar.
1: Yeah, you know, so it's, it's interesting because blood sugar is talked about a lot, but I don't see a lot of proper strategizing on blood sugar, especially around the holidays. But what I want to, I want to start this conversation with a little bit of encouragement that a little bit of blood sugar optimization and just keeping a mindful eye and a target on it during the holidays can go a long way towards, you know, not feeling like you got derailed during the holidays or like way off track, or like you have a lot of extra work to do after the holidays are over. Because I know I went through a lot of holiday seasons kind of feeling like that, like working out and tracking things very, very diligently up until the holidays. Because a lot of times because of the the social pressure, like I knew I was going to be around a lot of family and friends who I hadn't seen for a while. And I knew I was like a little farther away from my weight goals and and my fitness goals than I wanted to have, you know, to be from, from the year prior. And so that was like, that was pressure on me. And then, but at the same time going through the season was going to be like, I was probably going to come out on the other side, a few pounds heavier, a little bit farther away from my goals. Just as like we have a lot of holiday celebrations, a lot of extended family, there's just a lot to it. And. You know I had some food relationship stuff that that I hadn't even recognized as an issue, but a little bit of keeping an eye on the prize. how could I optimize blood sugar a little bit can go a long way to feeling like you're still on track during the holidays and and even heck still making progress on the scale, if that's your goal during the holidays too, or just feeling better throughout those holidays, less lethargic, more energy, more confidence and making better food decisions that support your long-term goals too.
0: Yeah. There's so many things that go into the holidays, right? So you've got more opportunity, you've got chaos, you've got, you know, challenges, traveling, you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, we used to go to five houses, right? So we'd go to grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, you know, it was just this, this con Never mind my dad's work stuff. And, so there was always this additional opportunity. My sister used to bake like a hundred dozen cookies, all different variations and a oh, wow. hundred dozen, a hundred wow. dozen. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, we had the Hershey Who Kish kushes and the raspberry cookies, yeah. tarts and the this and yeah. the that, and so there's nothing wrong with any of it. But what happens is, is that we lack the intentionality. And for me, I used to go into the holidays with the same framework. Let me work really hard. I'll do good, but I'm really expecting to just kind of fall off or or you know, come back in January ready to ready to roll, and that's what the diet yeah. culture
1: and the diet mentality. I weigh myself during December. Who would do that? <laughs>
0: right, right. And yeah. there's this stigma that comes with the holiday weight gain, and we've we've talked through that. And if you look at the research, it really isn't tried and true in that you know the weight you gain during the holidays, which depending on where you look, can be anywhere from two up to eight pounds. That is not necessarily the weight that you're going to keep with you for the remainder of the year and the weight that adds on over the decades, which then results in adiposity and visceral fat and metabolic blood sugar disorders, et cetera, that show up not just this holiday season, but you know, 10, 20, 30 holiday seasons down the road. So we wanna, we wanna demystify it too and really talk about the basics of why we look at blood sugar. And there's been some misinterpretation I feel about blood sugar spikes and the reality of it. We've done an episode on area under the curve. CGMs have become much more commonplace. You know, people are using CGMs, You know, shout out to NutriSense, our partner, to gain insights into our health in terms of sleep and stress and our, our, re, our, our relationship with food and how our body is functioning from a health perspective in real time. So you're seeing it a lot more commonly, but it's like, okay, but why? Why does this stuff matter? And then ultimately, what can we do to control it, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to empower you going through this holiday season that it's okay to enjoy the holidays. It's okay to you know, enjoy the family traditions and the foods because big picture is just a small blip, but ultimately True. underneath those energy swings, those cravings, those dysfunctional, dysfunctional sleeping nights, the additional stress of the holiday, all of that stuff can have a massive effect on your yeah. blood sugars, which is it why you're feeling some of those things. Just think about Thanksgiving. You stuff yourself, it's not the tryptophan. You literally just went into an insulin coma. Yeah. You don't normally insulin. eat 4,000 calories in a sitting, right? right. And then I wonder why grandpa's snoring in the chair, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to kind of go through this with a perspective. You know, and the overview of it is we're going to talk about diet and food choices, carbohydrate intake, a combination of protein, fat, and fiber, talk mm-hmm. about exercise. You know, by moving glucose in and out of the cells, insulin sensitivity, ultimately. Stress raises blood sugar by releasing cortisol and adrenaline that can lead to insulin resistance. Sleep, right, around the holidays. I know every year I say, I'm not going to stay up the night before and build the kid's bike. Right. This past year, not this year, the year before, we went to see Santa. And out of nowhere, my daughter said to Santa, I want a blue Elsa bike. And we went, that's not what you asked for. Right. And this was like a week before.
1: She flipped the script on
0: you. I'm like, what are we going to do with the Gabby dollhouse thing we got? Because we do four oh, yeah. guests. We do want, read, wear, need. And mm-hmm. then we do a Christmas tradition the night before where they get a little Christmas Eve box and it's pajamas and snacks and a book and all that nice. stuff. Yeah. Well, that's this year. We're starting it this year. But every Christmas Eve, I'm up building something. It's 2 a.m. And guess what? The next morning, I don't want coffee. I want the <laughs> Starbucks Fru Fru coffee. I want all the breakfast foods. I want the fried bologna, which is a family tradition. If you don't know what that is, just run and hide. You don't need to know.
1: Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't, apparently I don't need to know. (laughs) My point is sleep affects glucose metabolism. Then we're going to
0: talk about micronutrients and a couple of supplements that can really help combat blood sugar swings Mm -hmm. and insulin resistance. So Tommy, that was a big intro.
1: Yeah. I mean, as far as levers go, you know, when we get into the holidays, I mean, let's just start with blood sugar related levers. The biggest one is going to be what we're actually eating, right? Like what's on our plate, and how often am I putting together those plates, right? So there's a little bit of fasting time involved with that lever, but then there's also food choices involved too. So you mentioned earlier, holidays can have a lot of opportunities, a lot of that can be get togethers or people are making special stuff that they wouldn't normally make like your sister making 1200 cookies, you know? And so the opportunity like, Hey, your house might smell like cookies all of a sudden, or for the whole month of December, I don't know how long it takes to to make 1200 cookies. That's got to take a while. So just the, the cephalic phases of hunger, just smelling and being, Being around that kind of stuff is like an opportunity for, you know, temptation or maybe breaking a fast or maybe making some food decisions I I don't normally make. So keeping an eye on that where you don't have to say no to everything throughout the holidays, I I would encourage you not to say no to everything throughout the holidays. But I would encourage you to go to kind of, I almost want to say pick your battles, but like, you know, your, your plate's not really a battle. But at the same time, it's like, okay, is there something that's, that's special or it's once a year or it means something to me or I connect with somebody over it? Okay, well, maybe let me carve out, you know, a, a time and a place for that. To where I don't feel like I'm just saying no to everything, but at the same time I've already said yes to that, or maybe not yet. I know exactly when that's going to be, or the kind of the context, and so I, I have a lot more. Like I can easily get through some other moments, some other temptation moments, or some other things that could also be tempting me because I know I'm going to say yes to what's really important to me. You know, it, it sounds a little. It might sound a little silly almost, but that only takes a couple of minutes. But even just a little bit of Forethought about decisions like that can go a long way to kind of setting yourself up for success, you know, throughout the the holiday season.
0: Hey, y'all! I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, Fasting for Life to receive up to three hundred dollars off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two year old, has not slept consistently through the night. We are grateful for you listening in and now back to today's episode so let's talk about blood sugar and glucose right just as a basic so glucose main source of energy critical component to metabolic health some comes from the food your body can also create it and tap into it right in the form of glycogen that is stored typically in muscles or liver. And then when there's an overflow, then it will be stored as fat cells. So for metabolic health and overall health, we want to achieve a low glycemic variability, meaning your blood sugars remain pretty steady right now. We just had a conversation with one of our coaching clients inside of our VIP coaching program where she's using CGM to monitor as she is now in closer to maintenance and has lost a considerable amount of weight and for the first time Mm. in a long time, has been able to maintain her weight loss for the first time in decades, right? Yeah. This is the first year that has not gone back up. Um. she's using- Especially across the holidays.
1: Right? Yeah, especially across the holidays. Right, Like that used to be a big shift. That used to be where the slippage would
0: start, right? Mm -hmm. So we wanna look at, you know, optimal ranges, area under the curve. We wanna see a delta a change from when you are, And we're just talking, we're going to apply this to real life and not everyone using CGMs and glucose monitors here in just a second, but talk about the levers that we can pull. So, we want to be looking at this in terms of staying between the field goal posts in a healthy blood sugar range. And the reason is because when you have elevated blood sugar for long periods of time, one spike is normal, it's supposed to happen. When you're consistently spiking it outside of a, a normal range, then your body will become insulin resistant, which is the hormone controller of that blood sugar pathway, either being burned or stored. So, Insulin resistance, which was me back in the day, didn't have blood sugar issues, but had an insulin number of 22, normal ranges from like 4 or 5 up to 25 or 24, depending on the lab you use. Mm -hmm. We want to see stuff under 7 because higher insulin over 7 then can lead to type 2 diabetes, which then leads to inflammation, oxidative stress, glycation, cardiometabolic issues, Alzheimer's, cancers, etc., which is absolutely what we don't want we want to use fasting and the approach of fasting to lower our blood sugar lower our insulin resistance and get our body to tap into our ability to burn the stored fat we have but become more efficient at burning the food that we eat right right so the first thing we're going to talk about one of the five levers is your food choices Mm -hmm. your food choices are the quickest way to create a blood sugar response or a glucose spike?
1: Yeah. So as soon as we start eating, we need to actually do something with the macronutrients that come in. So what, what we decide to put on our plate and how many plates we actually you know go for during maybe a holiday event, these things are going to, to matter. They're going to add up. So I like to go into the holidays now, being several years into my fasting journey, with the idea that You know, I'm not going to try to do, let's say, you know, an overly long fast or an extended fast, like right around. The holidays or when I have multiple kind of like social avoid. Obligations yeah. Avoidance or isn't like the that, solution right? for long-term sustainability. Yeah. I don't want to become a holiday monk, you know, and, and just try to say no to everything and, you know, set my fasting timer for these super long fasts and kind of set myself up for failure because there, there's a low chance of success for hitting overly ambitious fasting targets or unrealistic, unsustainable fasting targets during an important, you know, time of year too. So at the same time, I don't need to take advantage of like an opportunity or a temptation every you know social invitation during the holidays to say you know what yeah I'm going to be eating during that one and that one and that one like I don't need multiple blood sugar and insulin spikes you know during multiple days during the holidays as well so I might use a one meal a day I might use a 2 or a 3 or a 4 hour nutrition window on different days during the holidays and kind of using some of my different fasting tools in my fasting tool belt and then I'm going to support those decisions with Mostly good whole foods, nutritious foods, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then go, okay, if there's something like, you know, maybe it's a dessert or maybe it's a little bit more indulgent or a special food that I would only have during the holidays, then let me create some room for that. I would like to sample most of those things. So go for a quantity, a sampling of them rather than sitting down with a larger portion of those yep. more highly indulgent foods. And that's going to lead to a lower blood sugar spike and it's going to be easier and take less time for my body to process through what's going to ultimately become a blood sugar spike. And that's going to lessen the amount of the issue, which is then going to lower the insulin spike, which is good for how I'm feeling and then for my overall health goals as well.
0: Yeah. So what I just heard there is like the food approach, what you put on your plate, the order you eat it in, those types of things can really help. And when we're looking at, you know, blood sugar post-meal, there was a study, there was 800 participants, extremely different blood glucose levels after the exact same meals, right? Mm-hmm. It was the majority that fell in the middle of the bell curve. Then there was the small percentage that was on the high end and the low end. And you're like, wait a minute, how do we compartmentalize this, you know, individually? Like, how do we make this work for us? Well, that feeling, mm-hmm. that craving, that buzzy feeling, you know, the feeling you get in your stomach, right? After a lot of sugar. Sure. Just feed your kid some sugar and see what happens. <laughs> It happens to us too. We just don't tend to run around and scream. So, there are some universal truths. So, whenever possible, choose foods that are unlikely to spike blood sugar, whole food sources, rich in micronutrients, fiber, healthy fats, proteins, those types of things, right? Sure. Avoid the simple carbohydrates, refined flours, highly processed foods. It's okay every once in a while. But if you're going to have them, you know, fiber is a key component, right? You were just mentioning, you know, combining those with a healthy fat, protein or fiber, which will help blunt that blood sugar spike. So, Absolutely. we're talking about the foods on the plate, carbohydrates main, protein second, fat third. And you got to play around with these things. So, I like to do the, you know, the layout of the holiday party. You've got everything laid out there. You know, you've got the appetizer area over here. I like to even from a fasting perspective, take a small plate of those things and then put them with my meal. Instead of getting mm-hmm. the side salad, the extra green bean casserole, which blah Sorry, everybody out there. I will take that. I'll take a sampling and I'll put that with my meal. And that way we're compartmentalizing it and bringing it into a window as well. So the second lever, Tommy, we're going to talk about is exercise. So exercise overall, obvious short and long-term metabolic health benefits, right? Short-term, it helps Mm -hmm. glucose in and out of your bloodstream and into your cells. So simply moderate exercise, simply a walk, 30 minutes walk after a meal can blunt the blood sugar spike by Mm -hmm. up to... 30%. And then in long term, regular physical activity helps because it will increase your muscle cells. So we recommend hit a couple times a week, you know, resistance training, weightlifting a couple times a week, and then walking even a
1: short interval of it. Yeah, short interval zone
0: training, right? That is going to prompt the liver to metabolize glucose more efficiently and clear and reduce the insulin clearance, which is going to improve your body's ability to manage the blood sugar efficiently. My goodness, that was a mouthful.
1: Yeah. So what I just interpreted there was instead of that like post Thanksgiving just crash, that insulin crash that go you know, play football. In like, yeah. Go throw yeah, the darts in the yard. Up. You
0: remember those? The lawn oh, darts? Jarts?
1: Yeah, those are those are great. Were they darts?
0: Um, I don't big know. Metal don't missiles of impalement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> those big liability darts for sure. You know, like go take a walk. With some family or or friends that that you know you can connect with, like that's a great time to do like an extended walk, even if it's chilly outside, whatever the case might be, avoid that temptation to just go into the the hibernation state post meal. That's gonna go a huge way. I mean, cutting that insulin and blood sugar spike by up to 30% after probably maybe the largest spike that you'll have all year is like, I mean, let's do that. Like let's just have a plan to do that. There's no reason not to pause
0: the football game. Yeah. Go play a little two hand touch, come back in. You'll feel a ton better. For me, it would be ping pong. I could go play ping pong all day. That's a good one. At my aunt's house. Oh my gosh. If I did that, I would be fine. Right. I would still feel a little full, but you know, now it's a little bit different. We're talking years ago. Of course. But with this exercise component, this is something we hear often, you know, Hey, I went for a walk and maybe you're on the, the pre-diabetic range or you're, you know, worried about your blood sugar. You feel these big craving swings or energy fluctuations or nap, post lunch nap at work type stuff the walk can be really positive. But sometimes we hear this with exercise "It's like, man, I track my blood sugar and like, wow, it was really high. Like what happened? Well, exercise, because you, there's different forms of exercise, but aerobic versus anaerobic, meaning oxygen versus not, you're going to hit a threshold where eventually your body's going to run out of that short term energy. So it's going to dump blood sugar into your bloodstream. And just like the, the meals can cause this very, this wide range of responses to the same meal, in that study with the 800 participants same thing can happen with exercise and tommy it really taps into you can see how your body responds to the exercise which is the second lever we talked about and yeah. then incredibly for me the next two sleep and stress so let's go to sleep first and then we'll hit stress and how sleep is so important in your uh, day-to-day, how you feel, especially when fasting, because fasting can help with the cravings. But we talked about the hunger hormones and all that stuff that can happen when you've had a couple of nights of bad sleep. And I'm talking just like less than six and a half hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even just one night of poor sleep means I'm going to have a, a less efficient blood sugar and insulin response the very yep. next day. And I won't be able to so don't recover put the bike that.
0: together If you can avoid it.
1: Yeah. If you can avoid it, right. Or like do it a few days earlier. Um, you know, plan around, like plan for it if you can. But it, you know, if you can't try to get as much good sleep as possible because it's going to go a long way. And it, you know, this isn't to say that you're shooting yourself in the foot, you know, forever, but you have to wait until the next day to, to kind of recover from that. And so getting a better night's sleep the next day means that you can be back to your insulin sensitivity that you should have been. But even just that one day, especially if it's a day that you're going to have multiple opportunities or this is the holiday, this is the celebration day, then guess what? That stinks because you're already likely to make food choices that are going to have a more exaggerated blood sugar and insulin response. So to combine that-
0: 40% slower in a type 2 diabetic study of men, 40% less effective.
1: Man. So to combine that with suboptimal Potential for food choices or temptations or whatever the case may be, just opportunities. And that if you put the poor night's sleep with it, that really is going to hit that area under the curve—the blood yeah. sugar, the insulin response—and then so so and if it makes I'm not fasting doing, more difficult, oh oh a thousand, it makes percent.
0: staying on the plan more difficult. It doesn't so give you harder. more flexibility. It actually makes it more difficult. And that's when the thoughts and the holiday and this—that's why we started the conversation about that stigma that comes with it, right? I'll oh, yeah. just start January one,
1: yeah. Let's reverse engineer it a, a bit better this year, right? So we don't have a temptation to feel that way. We definitely want to avoid anything that sets us up towards feeling like that. So protecting sleep as yes. much as possible. I'm not on a pedestal. I'm not on a soapbox. No. Oh, no, had, I'm,
0: I'm not only thousands. the president. I'm, no, <laughs> What's that hair club for men, right? I'm not only yeah. a client. I'm also the president of this exactly. club. Yeah, 100%. Yep.
1: Right. I've had thousands COVID of nights of, of, of bad sleep. Yeah, exactly. But doing as many things as you can to protect it as much as possible means you'll have a better time with your food processing and your blood sugar and your insulin the following days. So doing that stringing together as many sleep wins as possible means that I'm setting myself up for more success during this holiday season.
0: Yeah, this should be a year round focus, right? That's why I have a whoop. That's why I use it. That's why I focus on this stuff. Still not great. Like I just said. But the basic physiology is that you know, cortisol is gonna dip at night, which lower and stabilizes blood sugar while you're sleeping. But then when cortisol raises, rises and it's up in the morning, you're more apt to feel frazzled during the day, tossing and turning all night, increased mm-hmm. adrenaline, cortisol. So sleep, if you don't get enough, it decreases and messes with the hunger hormones. We've done episodes on hor- the hunger ghrelin hormones, the ADF study that showed that even though ghrelin goes up with ADF fasting, you don't actually crave more or binge more or overeat more. You have more satiety, which is incredible. So, you know, when we're talking about prioritizing sleep, the research is pretty clear. Less than six, six and a half hours for most people, detrimental to long term health, increases mm-hmm. obesity, diabetes, et cetera. The research is pretty clear, which is still banging my head on the cement wall with this, that seven to eight hours is optimal. Mm-hmm. Some of you are going, dum, dum, dum. okay. Pillar four stress, directly related to sleep, stress hormones, yeah. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, stress. Is a normal hormonal response but it also can affect glucose levels so anxiety panicky feeling fight or flighty what's the thing at night when you're awake and you can't fall asleep wired and tired that's what i was looking for Mm -hmm. which are my kids if we get make it past 8 30 they become wired and tired and then i just want to wrap them (laughs) in duct tape and tape them to their bed you know so what happens is when you're in that state to increase blood glucose your body pumps out adrenaline and glucagon and constantly Mm. consequently your cells will become insulin resistant so I was insulin resistant because of my sleep and my stress. And it necessarily wasn't the food because I was counting calories and tracking macros and doing intermittent fasting and doing keto. Mm -hmm. Right. So these two things were increasing my blood sugar levels, which was increasing my circulating glucose, which is then ultimately messing with all of it. My cravings, my mindset, my, like those feelings, the caffeine, Mm -hmm. all of those things. You're chasing
1: it with more caffeine because you're, you're feeling lethargic yet. So guess what? Spiking the problem. Yeah. Holiday season, typically more or less stress. Oh yeah.
0: Thousand percent more. That's stressful. why we're talking about this now. Yeah. So whatever it is for you, I do cold plunges. I just joined a gym here. I'm not going to say the name, <laughs> but they have a sauna. My wife's like twenty bucks a month for a sauna. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to use a workout room. We have one at home. I don't need a workout room. I just want the sauna. I'm like, the sauna I want is expensive. Okay, <laughs> right? Like I want a real one. Like I don't so, want to hire. Yeah. So this is the solution. This this is my solution. That's how I manage my stress. You know what else I I do? I take the dogs to the park. I walk, I get out from in front of my screens, right? So management and stress. There was that crazy, that awesome diabetes study that showed seven minutes of meditation, guided meditation a day, decreased blood sugar response in diabetics by up to 30%.
1: Breathing exercises, right? All of these things. So you think you have to do like these crazy or like these rigorous exercises. I need a self
0: care day. (laughs) No, literally just seven to 10 minutes a day.
1: You need a few small, consistent levers, is what you need. And, you know, when, when we talk about stress, just understanding that the stress response mimics the insulin response. And that's where the parallels come in. And, like, this is part of starting to get this process right is to understand that diet culture and yo yo dieting and, and all of these things can lead the us stress to stress of
0: the season. Yeah.
1: But we're we're oftentimes misinterpreting, you know, the signals and the levers that we should be using here to start to get this stuff right, right?
0: Yep, hundred percent. The last one, the fifth lever. So we're going to talk about micronutrients. So macros, carbs, fat, protein. I like to also add alcohol in there, in its fourth own little category. Mm-hmm. Micronutrients. So typically we focus on carbs, fat, and protein. That's what we've been taught. That's what's out there. Mm-hmm. So micronutrients have really been linked to better metabolic health overall. And specifically, we're going to talk about trace minerals and magnesium. So magnesium goes hand in hand with insulin resistance. Magnesium is linked to hundreds of metabolic processes. There's many forms of magnesium, right? Which is why people say, oh, I tried magnesium for this. Okay, well, it didn't work. Well, try a different form, right? Try a different Mm. brand, try a different formulation, right? Because there's hundreds of metabolic pathways that magnesium's part of. So that's why we recommend using a formulation that has multiple different forms in it, unless for overall health and for blood sugar and insulin resistance, that's the plan. If you're looking for you know digestion, then obviously use citrate. If you're looking for sleep, then bisglycinate, right? All of that stuff. I don't want to have the magnesium conversation now. The point is, is that the autophosphorylation process for insulin sensitivity is governed for blood sugar management, is governed through magnesium.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So you need these minerals. And what happens is when we eat less food supply, subsidization of food, soil quality, et cetera, we are going to be decreasing our trace mineral consumption and our magnesium consumption, right? Ultra processed foods are notoriously missing micronutrients. So how do we get them? Oh, a good quality magnesium. And then Tommy, our proper hydration protocol,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. So talking about trace minerals, talking about LMNT, talking about using supplemental Celtic or like a a good sea salt. And we're doing that because these things are very important. But as we stay prioritized on compartmentalizing how often we're bringing in food and what our fasting and our nutrition windows look like, well, then we're going for extended periods of time here, hours to half a day to Mm -hmm. maybe a full day or so without bringing in food. And these trace minerals and these electrolytes will be coming in naturally on my plate. But if my plates are spaced out, as they should be, as I and feel better. And maybe my better. food
0: choices aren't exactly dialed in the holiday season as much.
1: Well, as that's I yeah, think. that's true too. Maybe I'm not. Right? Maybe I'm not in the kitchen controlling my own food supply as much mm-hmm. either. I'm going to somebody else's house and things like that. Well, then let me keep an eye on supplementing these things and keeping the electrolytes and the trace minerals coming in on a regular basis, even though I'm compartmentalizing, you know, my my food opportunities. Salt. So Redmond's. Yeah. Shout out Redmond's, my favorite. Oh, Redmond's. Redmond's.
0: Teaspoon every morning in my water. Doesn't taste good, but I know I'm setting myself up for proper hydration and nutrition that day. So that's a great source. You know, mineral rich foods, you know, real foods that are grown out of the ground, green leafy vegetables, all that kind of stuff. And then I definitely supplement with magnesium because I just feel better when I do that. So nice. Those are the main five levers, Tommy. As we're coming up on our last challenge of the year, I want to encourage everyone. This is the time of year that most people need more support, and our challenge yeah. is coming up on December thirteenth, the last one of the year. It is we do one every December, even though we kind of had to squeeze it in because of the earlier Thanksgiving this year. Mm-hmm. This is the time of the year where we feel that people need more support, right? This was Absolutely. always the busiest time in our clinics. This is always the busiest time with the most stress and the most opportunity. So we want to encourage you step out of your comfort zone. If you prioritize it now during the busy season, right? And we're going to have fun. We always do, then oh, yeah. it will absolutely become a lot easier to stick to when things calm down and it's not yeah. as busy and it's not yeah. the holidays. So if you can yeah, do it now, okay. you can do it any Agreed. And plus you get us live every single day. If you want to do that, so head to the show fun. notes, click the link for more dates, times, and information. Tommy, as we wrap up today, take a minute. This is what I want to encourage people to do. Take a minute and think about your plans for this holiday season. Mm. Think about. Yeah how Halloween went through Thanksgiving. Think about how Thanksgiving to now went when you're hearing this, when you're listening Mm -hmm. to it, things went good. Some things went bad, right? Long-term begin with the end in mind. What can you do to move the lever today when it comes to glucose? Well, you've got the five things, right? You've got Mm -hmm. the food on your plate. You've got sleep, you've got stress, you've got exercise or walking and you have micronutrients, proper hydration, which one of those things go ahead.
1: No, big levers. And each one of them can make a substantial impact on controlling that area under the curve, that blood sugar, that insulin response. Even if you're not monitoring your numbers from moment to moment, you can still make an impact on what's going on under the hood that's going to lead to Feeling better, a smoother holiday season and being more on track as you come out of the holiday season. So if you feel like you're waiting for the perfect time or you tend to wait until the beginning of the year to kind of get back on track or to like hit the gas or whatever, Mm -hmm. I am going to strongly encourage you that. If you hit the gas now, you are going to be going so much faster with so much more momentum coming into 2024. And that's exactly why I am pumped about the upcoming challenge. So that's going to be great. And just do something, plan a little bit for the holidays ahead and and do something for yourself and to prioritize yourself going into it. I'll be hitting that sauna. Oh, yeah. It's open. And the cold plunge. And the cold plunge. Yep. Yep. I love it. All right,
0: Tommy, as always, thank you for the conversation, sir. We'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you. Bye.
1: So, you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe
0: on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.